Welcome to American Timelines. I'm Amy. I'm Joe. And this is American Timelines, the podcast that talks about all the interesting things in pop culture that happened throughout the years. Yep, and then Amy's going to take a deep dive at the end of each episode to talk about something creepy. Yes, my favorite. This is episode four. Episode four. Four. We've done four episodes. You know, they say if you do 20 episodes, you're a real podcast. Real, is that what they say? Something like Somebody that. Somebody says that? You have to get 25 or something before it Who's, succeeds. Did, you just made that up. You no, just no, pulled that out of your I read ass. that somewhere. I'm pretty sure you made that up. Anyway, this is episode four, 1993. 1993. American All right, honey, what happened? So in 1993, all kinds of things happened. The number one thing in my life was the coolest thing ever that I always think back to is I was lucky enough on New Year's Eve, 92 to 93, I went to a Beastie Boys concert on New Year's Eve nice. up to Detroit. My parents let me, me and my three buddies, nice. my idiot buddies. I uh, went with you to a Beastie Boys concert. Yes, but not then. I didn't know you yet yeah, this time. Right. But we went and we didn't really party then. We didn't drink or do any drugs. You're we squares. Went, yeah, we we're nerds. Uh, yeah. But we went up way early. Yeah. So we got there like the second they let the doors open. We were like the first people in. Oh, wow. Like, Why are you here already? Yeah. And we were like, we don't know. You know, so we dressed like the Beastie Boys in the So What You Want video. Yeah. So we wore, f- we wore flannels and stocking caps. Yeah. Not thinking that you're going to be inside of a concert venue that's super hot all day. Oh, yeah. So we ran open. It was standing room only. And the stage was like way across the room. And just nobody. We were the first people yeah. in. There was just nobody. So we just sprinted yeah. across the room because everybody started running. So we just sprinted towards the stage. Nice. And we were stage, center, front row, like up against the guardrail. Nice. And we were like, holy cow, we're going to see the Beastie Boys in the front row. Did you get to stay in the front row? No. I was going to say. By the time the Beastie Boys came on, after three opening acts, uh, Collective Soul was there and uh, some other local bands. It doesn't matter. It was New Year's Eve, but by the time we were front center, we are hanging on the guardrail. By the time Beastie Boys came up, we were all the way... Uh, house right stage left oh, wow. all the way to the yeah. corner that's what happened with me i was in high school doing cool stuff what about you what i was were in you? college you were still in college southeast missouri thing. state nothing, university nothing out at the top of your head 93 oh nice. you know my undergraduate years all blend together yeah there wasn't something you remember being a lead actress and something probably i was probably in theater stuff but it all is kind of a blur 1993 Politics. Apartheid finally ended in South Africa. That's a good thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That affected me. The top song was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Ugh. So picture Dream Lover along with Apartheid. Yeah, I don't think those two go together. The big movies included Jurassic Park. Yes. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, I remember that. And The Fugitive. Oh, I love The Fugitive. Yeah, that was good. I didn't see it too much later, but uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, is it, isn't it just tootsie? It's a, it's a little creepy if you think about it. My um, he, The guy was a total loser, and he... Rightfully so, Sally Field told him, you know, you're being an idiot. And then, you know, he lets his kid have a birthday party with barn animals in their house. Oh, yeah. And then he dresses up like a woman to babysit. I don't know. It's just the whole thing seems you a little bit. You can't do that bit, anymore now. With a little bit creepy. And talk about traumatizing your kids. Yeah. When they found out. Isn't it, is it any different than Tootsie? Isn't that the same plot no, as Tootsie? It's, no, it's different. Tootsie, he was an actor and he couldn't get parts. So he... Uh, there was a female role, so he dressed up like a woman to get on a soap opera. 1993. Price of bare aspirin <laughs> <laughs> in 1993 what? was $3.84 per 100. That's kind of pricey for bare aspirin. I think, I think that's pricey now. now. Well, it must be higher now. It must but be, I guess. I, don't I think that'd be that pricey now. Measurement. I never I understand know. these measurements. Yeah. Uh, a Sony radio Walkman was twenty nine ninety eight. 
I had a Walkman. Well, I did too with a yeah. tape player. I had a bright in yellow it. one. I had it right on my belt all the time. I, yeah. Ours were black. You know, black was the only one to get. Yeah. Um, the U.S. life expectancy with males were seventy two point two years. Females were seventy eight point eight years. Yes. Now it's females one hundred and seventy one. That's and males so not true. Sixty. That's not true. Um, the Pentium processor was invented in nineteen ninety three. Music producer Rick Rubin held an actual funeral complete with casket and grave for the word death after finding out it had been accepted into the standardized dictionary. Death? Death. Or oh, D-E-F. D-E-F. Like death jam. Amongst those who attended the funeral included Tom Petty, Flea, and Trent Reznor. What? Death. Like death jam. I, Rick I understand Rubin started that. death jam. So it was so accepted. So he was mad that he was mad that it was, accepted it was mainstream? into the standardized dictionary. Yeah. So oh, okay. he had a funeral for the word because it was no longer cool. And Tom Petty apparently. cared about that? Apparently Tom Petty, Flea, and Trent Reznor all came to that. That's really that's a maybe uh, they maybe characters there. Maybe he was just holding the funeral like in a in an area where those guys just happened to be in or an opium den or something. Yeah, apparently, those guys were just like stumbled upon. Tom Petty probably didn't even realize he was there. No, right. And Flea walks around with a with, with sock a, on his wiener. That's and right. Just, and then Trent Reznor. Screw that guy. Yeah. 1993. World Series champions were the Toronto Blue Jays. Yep. I have no memory of that. Nope. Do you? Anything? Did you watch that World Series? Were I you don't. gripped to it? No. Do you even know what the Toronto Blue Jays are? It's a baseball team, apparently. Yeah. Do you know where Toronto is? Yes. Name seven Toronto Blue Jays. You name seven Toronto Blue Jays. I will. Um, no, let's not do that. Moises Alou? Let's no, I don't know if he's a Toronto Blue Jay. No, wait a minute. I got a question. Yeah. Toronto's in Canada. Yeah. So why were they in the World Series? Like... Oh, you think Canadians shouldn't be allowed? You I'm just—I thought Canadians? it was an American thing, World Series. No, there's the Montreal Expos. We're another team. Oh, really? Canada. So is it a North American thing? Why are there any Mexican sombreros or anything like that? Well, I mean, I'm just wondering why. I thought like we don't have the NFL doesn't have any Canadian football teams. They will. Oh, they will. No, they have the because they have the Canadian Football League. They have the CFL. But they're not gonna. They don't have the CLB. You're a CLB. Yeah, I've always wondered that too. I guess I will give you that. I always wonder how come weird. baseball has a couple Canadian teams, but yeah. other ones don't. Uh, NFL wants to have a London team. They want to have a yeah. Mexico team. They want to spread out there because it's just spreading the logo feces everywhere. That's right. A bunch of money, but um, so yeah, I don't know. But they, the Toronto Blue Jays, were real good. They've always had Canada. Well, there's Canadian teams in the NHL. That's true, hockey. but hockey came from Canada, Hockey's right? Like a Canada, yeah. It's white, cold. <laughs> Sport. White and cold. White and cold. 1993. The Super Bowl champions were the Dallas Cowboys that year. Um, they won a bunch of Super Bowls, so it all blends in together. But yeah. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the great Mike Zimmer was a, a defensive coach for the uh, uh, Cowboys that year, and he's the Vikings head right. coach this year. Right. So he's got a Super Bowl ring. Mike Zimmer's the best. Uh, NBA champions were the Chicago Bulls again, of course. Michael yeah. Jordan every year. Big. It was like every Jordan. Jordan Burger. Back then, the NBA was just Michael Jordan and the Bulls and then some other teams sometimes. Yep, that's true. Yeah, so it was like just nonstop. And he had that gallons of barbecue sauce. That's right. And an American <laughs> flag out. on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, we know a lot about him now after this podcast. Yeah, we do. Podcast. A, a lot of little tidbits. You know what we don't know about him? His dick size. We don't know that, but we also don't know why he insisted on having a Hitler mustache. Oh, that's right. Were he did. Was that airline? in the 90s? It was, no, it was recently. Well, then let's not talk about it. We're talking about 1993. Oh, God damn it. Shot. Fuck. Okay. In 93, he was really good at basketball. And that's true. had his tongue out and stuff. What? But, you know, he wasn't even good. He didn't even make his high school teams and stuff. He wasn't good. Really? He was good in college for North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh, okay. But he wasn't good then. Hmm. He, like, got cut and stuff, and he sucked. He couldn't even dribble and didn't even know what a basketball was. And All right. 
1993. Stanley Cup champions, speaking of Canada, were the Montreal Canadiens. What, yeah. what a clever name that is. That is, yeah. Like the Houston Texans. I was like, just, oh, great, just Texans. That's yep. all they are. The Ohioans. Yeah, that would be a good one. God. All right, what's next? U.S. Open Golf League. Let's, we don't have to go through US every sport. Sports. Okay. NCAA oh football team is Florida State. Well, I was kind of upset because you skipped all these, but North Carolina Tar Heels won the NCAA basketball yeah. championship that year. Tar Heels. 1993. The top quotes from 1993 were, got milk, and it's, it's from the California Milk Processor Board. The yes. truth is out there from X Files. Oh, I love the X Files. And then um, I don't like you, Ric Flair. You no, that was not one <laughs> just, of them. Yeah, that's not, Let's not okay. go back to that. Uh, Let's not revisit that nightmare. Oh, regarding concerns about AIDS, when asked to comment on Magic Johnson's desire to return to basketball for the ninety two ninety three season, Charles Barkley responded, "It's not like we're going to have unprotected sex with Magic on the floor." Well, good for him. Because yeah. that was the AIDS scare was still pretty bad, I think, at that time. But. Don't you kind of wish Charles Barkley would have unprotected sex with Magic Johnson? <laughs> not for no, would make, not really. It would no, make basketball more interesting yeah. if they uh, did that while they were playing. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, you're a homophobe. 1993. Uh, oh, Miss America that year was Leanza Cornette. Remember Leanza? No, I don't. Jacksonville, Florida. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Gary Hoy, a lawyer in Toronto, fell to his death in 1993 after he threw himself against a window on the 24th floor of a building in an attempt to prove to a group of visitors that the glass was unbreakable. Ironic. An act he had done twice before. The glass did not break, but popped out of the window frame. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Whoops. Terrible. That was in that Toronto. terrible. While the Blue Jays were winning the World Series. Yeah, he was doing that. that. Poor guy. Gary Hoy. Rest yeah, in it's peace. not the smartest thing. Oh, I'm gonna. This is unbreakable. Watch me bash but my head know, into it and you know, show you. All the times he did that, he was. So he like full body flung yeah. himself under the window pane. And each time before that, he probably C- felt so cool. Picture being whoever that is that's visiting and just watching. Let me let me show you how unbreakable <laughs> it is. And he throws his whole body. Well, I'm not buying that glass. Slams his whole body into the window pane. Yep. It was ridiculous. 1993. The conspirators of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing were caught when one of them tried to reclaim his deposit on the rental van they used to carry the bomb into the parking garage. Idiots. Is that really true? Idiots. What a dumbass. Yep. That proves anybody who's doing terror is a fucking idiot. Yep. Yeah, you heard me, terrorists. Come get, come get us, ISIS. Yeah, the American timelines will destroy your ass. <laughs> 1993. The Super Bowl has required national anthem vocals to be pre-recorded since 1993 when Garth Brooks declined to pre-record and then refused to sing live until a dispute over debuting his music video, We Shall Be Free, during the game could be settled, resulting in a delayed kickoff. They did, so that's all, so they did play the video. So for now on, they're it's never ever singing. since that they have Oh, they're never singing live? I don't know if that's true. Huh. Maybe that started then. Maybe it stopped recently because this year was pink, and the whole big thing this she year she cracked was like, her no, voice. Yeah, cracked. but she was sick. She had the flu. Oh and yeah, like was nonstop vomiting until Jeez. right before. Poor girl. That reminds me of Joey Belmaggio was real sick, and he was in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, and he was uh, Seymour. Yeah, he was real deathly sick. And he couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't speak. He couldn't even move. Somehow he had the gusto. He got up and performed unbelievable vocals and was fabulous. And, and then barfed. And then got off stage and was like dead again. Yep. So I thought it's either, adrenaline either yeah, it's adrenaline, yeah. Joey Belmaggio is unbelievable. So Joey Belmaggio, if you're listening, uh, tweet us. Uh, send <laughs> us some more pics. I have Call some, in. I used to have naked videos of Joey Belmaggio. All right. Anyway, 
I love that guy. I wonder where he is. 1993. During the Mississippi and Missouri Rivers Great Flood of 93, 23-year-old James Scott removed sandbags from an Illinois levee in order to strand his wife on the other side of the <laughs> river so that he could keep partying. Oh, my God. <laughs> he received life imprisonment for intentionally causing a catastrophe. His, life in prison for that? His Holy breach, shit. His, yeah, his breach flooded 14,000 acres. Oh, my God. He got God. life for that, but Joey Botafugo only got a couple years. Yeah, I know. Um I remember that because I, you know, I lived in Missouri at the time, and I remember that flood, like all the sandbagging and everything that was going really? on. Really? Yeah. Was well, crazy. that guy caused it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the guy to keep partying. <laughs> Man, that guy's a hero. 1993. Women were not allowed to wear pants on the U.S. Senate floor until 1993. After they had to wear, the, un, like, with just underwear. Yeah, they had to wear just panties <laughs> and like thongs and, uh, until 1993. That's after the senators Barbara Mikulski and. Carol Mosley Braun defiantly staged a protest by wearing pantsuits. Good for them. Carol Mosley Braun. And the pantsuit Man, was that, born. That's a controversial pantsuit she's wearing. It is. That's controversy. That's right. That's insane that we're that friggin' backwards. Yeah, they had to wear skirts. Jesus H. No wonder. No wonder the Me Too movement is. Pissed. No wonder Hillary never wears skirts. She's probably. It, that's probably, probably out of principle. These, I ain't taking these damn pantsuits off, man. That's I right. She I could sleeps wear in these, those fuckers. She, she's got a tattoo of a pantsuit under her pantsuits. <laughs> It's life size. <laughs> it is. What color do you think it is? Just flesh color pantsuit? Oh no, it's like hot pink or something. Oh, red. Yeah. Pepsi ran a contest in the Philippines in which it promised one million pesos, roughly forty thousand dollars, to the person who found the number three hundred and forty nine inside his bottle cap. Pepsi went on to mistakenly print eight hundred thousand winning caps, oh, God. leading to outrage and death threats to Pepsi executives. I guess so, because they yeah. weren't paying up for that. Pepsi. Uh, somebody got fired for that. Somebody, yeah, whoever know, the bottle you know cap it. printer you know got fired. Did. The earliest, maybe we should invite whoever got fired and invite them uh, on the our podcast, podcast as yeah. our first guest. 1993. The earliest known entry of an internet search on the word jihad was in reference to uh, to a anti-Barney, the dinosaur news group community called the Jihad to Destroy Barney. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, it sure is. Do you remember news groups? No. Back then, the, the internet was just news groups. Oh, I don't remember. Like when I was in college, I got to college, it was just news groups. There was nothing else on the internet, just like pictures. Your email and pictures? Yeah, you could get like pictures. Of, you could look up a picture of somebody like, oh, what does uh, Dr. Seuss look like? look like yeah. or uh, whatever, who was the big stars. And then, you know. Yeah. And then other than that, it was news groups. It was just like alt.newsgroups. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was just like any topic. Like I wasn't people, on Beastie the Beastie Boys fans would talk and yeah. then like... I mean, every fan of everything. There's alt.music.whatever and Enya. I got in trouble on the Enya news group. You can still see it. stirring up shit. You can still find it somewhere, the old news groups. They're on Google groups or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was stirring up shit, talking smack to me. I thought, you know, it was like prank phone calls. Right, exactly. The internet wasn't a thing that you could be traced. I was just like messing with people. Well, IP address. Yep, I sure got in trouble. I was going to say. I almost got kicked out of school. They can trace those. They're like, you're threatening people and people are upset and whatever and i was just messing around but you know you don't know at yeah. this day and age you can't do stuff like that 1993. the celebrity accidental movie set death and the celebrity drug related death oh you know what they were from 1993 no wait wait the accidental movie set death was it uh it's probably, brandon lee yeah it's the only one was brandon it? lee yeah, instead the of the one. crow like that yeah. was a big deal big deal that, that happened in 93 huh yeah that's crazy i thought it happened later i did too uh the, because you know Brian Richards started dressing like the crow all the time. Yeah, and that was much later. Yeah, I feel like it came 96. out later because they had to probably debate whether they were going to do it and whatever. Yeah. Uh, the drug-related death, celebrity drug-related death. You know, people that love the crow, yeah. they love the crow. Like Richards yes, was the do. crow every year and crow posters and everything's the crow. And there's another guy, Pat Johnson, who I uh, knew from work. He loved the crow. He was the crow every year. Not, not crow, many crow, people crow. that love the crow these days. 
Now you can't find a lot of people that are big fans of the crow yeah, in, in this day and age. The people don't even know what it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Pat still dresses like the crow every day at work, I think. <laughs> now the celebrity drug related celebrity drug related death is River Phoenix outside oh, of the yeah. Viper Room. Yep, that's right. In Los Angeles. Remember that. Yeah, I Everyone do remember that. that. Yep. River Phoenix. Now, did you think he was real super dreamy? Uh no. I mean, he was all right. You I think like he, I think he, I thought he was a good actor, but uh, it was sad. Yeah, River Phoenix, and then his brother is uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix yeah. the, he's a good actor, too, but I think he's crazy. He is crazy. I think I, I heard but he's I think nuts. some of that's an act. Too, yeah, that's probably true. 1993. Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, went back to high school in 1993 to get his GED, and then he was bullied. No. He <laughs> went in 93 to get his GED because he was worried that his success as a high school dropout might convince other teenagers to quit school. Because teenagers so idolize Dave Thomas from Wendy's. 1993. See if you can guess. Oprah did a 1993 interview with a celebrity, and it's the most watched interview ever in the history of television. What do oh, you think? Oh, God. I'm going to feel really stupid when you say it. Well? Michael Jackson? You're exactly right. No. Now you don't feel so stupid. Really? Yeah, now you feel smart. I don't even remember now, that. Now you want me to keep this in. I don't even. It's when he revealed that he loved to have sex with children. He never said no. that. <laughs> no. Never said that. I hope that. he didn't. I, I know, really hope. I, hope I just hope too. that he was just a like sad a child. Clown, you know? Yeah, like, I do too. Well, I hope that he never did anything and he was just like. He had a lot of issues. Because this music was so great. Yeah, he had good music. I still love it. I'll still I'll 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 jam out to Man in the Mirror oh anytime, any day yes, in my Prius, super yes, loud, windows down, shirt off. I don't care. Yes, he does. I'm starting All right. with the Man in the Mirror. All that's right. the greatest song ever composed by anyone. No, it's not. God. Oh, that's so great, and that's not even probably his best. Consider many people don't consider Man in the Mirror the best. Many but people, great. most people, change. most people. Oh, I love that. 1993. Coachella was started in 1993 when the band Pearl Jam boycotted Ticketmaster for their high prices and oh, played at the location during their Ticketmaster boycott tour. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that's I how remember, it started. I remember, I remember them. The, yeah, I remember them hating like, Ticketmaster. You couldn't buy their tickets off Ticketmaster. Yeah. That. 1993. Oh man, the first death row inmate exonerated by DNA evidence was wrongly convicted child murderer Kirk Bloodsworth in 1993. Oh. Listen to this. Ten years later. Bloodsworth discovered the actual killer had been incarcerated just one cell block beneath <gasps> him. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's super crazy. Man, poor guy. You should have covered His whole life here. ruined. 1993. Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style sold over 800,000 copies in its first week, which became the record for a debuting artist and the fastest-selling hip-hop album ever until Eminem's album, The Marshall Mathers LP, bested it. Both were produced by Dr. Dre. I loved Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Wow, I remember I that. Snoop Dogg's awesome. We danced in the clubs to that. Snoop was great. We, yeah. There was a club you, in Missouri. All the bars closed at one, yeah. and so you had to go across the bridge to Illinois. Oh yeah! And um, there was a bar called the Purple Crackle, and it, and it was like just a meat market, and it was yeah. this huge club, and it was just constant like the Purple Crackle, the Purple Crackle, and we would go there, you know, and get it get it up till like <laughs> kicking it up till like three in the morning. Sometimes it was crazy. <laughs> Okay, Mattel introduced Earring Magic Ken. I remember this. Featuring blonde they thought he was super gay. purple shirt, lavender vest, necklace with a circle charm, and earring in its left ear. Yes. Kitsch-minded gay men bought the doll in record numbers, <laughs> making Earring Magic Ken the best-selling Ken model in Mattel history. Oh, God, I love gay guys. I do, too. God, don't you just look at Oh, look at this. Got like, oh, my God, it's awesome. Let's go get one. Get one for you. I'm buying one of these for all my friends. Earring Magic oh, Ken. Oh, God. That's awesome. Gay guys are the greatest. They like, are. How they could you ever be? How could you ever not love gay guys? My God, you're missing. They out. make the world a sunnier place. They make everything better. Yes, they do. Jeez, ah, that's hysterical. Ah, uh, that's funny. 
God, that's great. 1993. When the U.S. Post Office issued the first stamp honoring Elvis in 1993, stamp collectors mailed letters with these stamps to bad addresses to have them marked. Return, return to sender. <laughs> Love that. That's, that's pretty clever. That is clever. That's a clever thing to do. That's funny. 1993. The reason the Super Bowl has big-name performers is because in 1992, Fox counter-programmed Super Bowl's halftime show with In Living Color, who did a live Super Bowl spoof, complete with a game clock so viewers could see when the second half of the Super Bowl was going to start and switch back to CBS. Fox was not a Super Bowl-airing entity at the time. The NFL brought Michael Jackson in for 1993 uh, and have had huge artists ever since. That makes I remember that. I remember switching because you couldn't wait to see what was going to happen on In Living Color. I remember switching channels. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember being excited about that. I don't remember what they did. Yeah. But uh, probably just Jim Carrey talking with his butt. Yep, probably was. Fire Marshal Bill guy. Uh, when the film Clerks by Kevin Smith was yes. first screened at the independent feature film market, only 12 people showed up, including <laughs> Kevin himself and seven people from the cast and crew and two random people. Yep. 1993. In the 1993 episode of Seinfeld, the masseuse, Elaine was dating a guy who shared a name with serial killer Joel Rifkin. I remember that she episode. She suggested him his name to OJ like the football player. The following year, OJ was charged with double <gasps> murder. Oh, gosh. I never caught that. Oh. That's funny. Let's go back and watch that. Yes. Hey, do you remember uh, when Chevy Chase had his own See, late night I, show? I think I did see that, oh. but I thought it was had already happened. Like, I saw it in rerun, yeah. so I thought it was a joke. You thought it was a joke that already because happened. Because it had yeah. already happened. Yeah, so maybe not. Uh, no. Anyway, Chevy Chase had his own late night talk show in 93. I remember that. Five weeks. I do remember that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should make this a drinking game anytime we say, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Well, I'm drinking a hop slam. 1993. Ooh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has declined every interview since 1993 that has had his racial identity as the premise. That then becomes the point of people's understanding of me rather than the astrophysics. So it's a failed educational step for that to be the case. He's so smart. I didn't even know he was around in 93. He's been around forever. I, I got to spend a day with him once. It was I awesome. know. I'm so jealous. Uh, I like him. He's funny. <laughs> he's just, he, and he's exactly like he is on TV. He's yeah, like, just roll like back. He, yeah, he acts like every single person he's with is his best friend he's known yeah. for 100 you feel like he's known you for 100 years he just like you're at ease oh yeah. immediately at oh ease. he's like grabbing my shoulders and shaking me and laughing yeah. at me and hitting me and stuff like it's like it's like he's your best friend um he's, he's awesome. got it right he's got to figure it out yeah uh, he does how to treat people 1993. do you want to guess what the sound of the velociraptors barking at each other in the 1993 movie jurassic park actually was um no you don't want to guess? It's actually the sound of tortoises mating. Oh. Yeah, now we got something to masturbate to. That's true. Oh, yeah, tortoises. Thing. 1993. Uh, ooh, cost of a Super Bowl ad in 1993. Can you guess? Remember what it was last episode? $850,000. You're exactly right. You know your Super Bowl ad <laughs> history. I just went up like in the increments of the last couple did. You can... Put on your resume that you can name a year and I'll. I, I have that on there already. Oh, so, you do? Yeah, I already have that. 1993. Okay, people played Magic the Gathering in 93. I never played that game. I can't believe that. It seems way newer or know. something, right? The Bridges of Madison County was a book that people were reading. The Christmas gifts were the Atari Jaguar. I don't remember that. Uh, Power Rangers action figures people played with. Um, Barbie Batgirl gift set. Beanie Babies were released in 93. That oh, was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, it was. Those were crazy. Remember that whole crazy Beanie Babies thing? Wanda had them. All. She did? She had them all in her cubicle. Wanda was my supervisor at the AMA that in was Chicago. Way, that was way after 93, though. I know. But she had, they were all in her, in the window of her cubicle. And when she would leave for the day, I would put them in 
sexual, sexual poses. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So she'd come back in and she'd be like, you just can't help it, can you? My, my brother who had action figures way, I mean, he still has action figures way past your, when you're supposed to have action figures, always looked down upon people that may put them in sexual. He always said, that's a true mark of somebody who doesn't uh, appreciate collectibles that sexual. <laughs> <Nerd>. <laughs> so you know what I do? I go down to his office now to this day. Uh, we work in the same make place. Make do uh, it. Yeah, I go down to his office and he knows I've been there because they're all like 69-ing. All his just, action figures. Yeah, uh, if yeah. he wants you to do something, he just has to say he hates it, yeah. and then you'll do it. And I'll do it. Yeah, yep. that's right. That's an annoying brother. 1993. Popular movies were Beethoven's Second, Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way was good. Cool Runnings. Uh, Demolition Man. Falling Down. Remember that? I remember that. Yeah. Free Willy. Groundhog Day. That's great. Grumpy Old Men. Decent Proposal. That was a big thing. Oh, the, yeah. Everybody was talking about that whole thing. What would you do on the radio? Everybody, yeah. What would you do? Would you do it for a bit? I mean, just so you know, babe, I would let you do whatever you want with anybody for- Oh, me too. For like, I'm, I'm like, for 50, like, like 50 bucks. Yeah. I'd be like, 50 like, bucks is good money. Yeah, you money. can bang my wife for 50. 50 I'd, bucks is good money. Fact, I'll go outside right now and ask the neighbors if they want to bang you for 50 bucks. Wait a minute. No, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, a minute. I'm kidding. But for a million? A million? Yeah, we could talk about it. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe when we're 70, because it's not like I'm- because they'll be lining up yeah. when we're 70. Well, for you, babe. Yeah, right. You're a hot 70-year-old. Yep. 1993. The Pelican Brief. Oh, your favorite. Nope. Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Oh, my God. So oh, that, my so mom bad. and I went to see that together. And Did you just we, cry we, the whole time? We pulled into the garage after that, and we both sat there and bawled oh, in the God. car. Rookie of the Year. Rudy. Did you ever see Rudy? You probably mm. don't give a shit about no, Rudy. No, I don't give a shit about Rudy. I loved Rudy. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um. Schindler's List. Oh, that's another one. I, when I went to I see never that, saw that, I you, never saw you've that. never seen nope. that. I've never seen it. You've got to see that. I don't think I can. We're watching it tonight. No, we're not watching everything tonight. Listen, I. I don't think I that can was, do it. You can. When I just, it's I didn't so cry. I didn't bawl and cry. But but it was a packed movie theater, and it was the most surreal thing that happened because after that movie, the credits started to go, and it was completely silent, and nobody moved and then the, everything ended and the lights came up and everybody still was just sitting in their seats and nobody moved it was so bizarre because everybody how, was just life is beautiful with their was. jaw on the floor it was so like good 1993. searching for bobby fisher mm -hmm. i remember that sister act two back in the habit <laughs> that was the back in the habit back in the habit Jeez. that's when they had great yeah two like sequel titles yeah. uh Back in the Habit. That's hilarious. I didn't know that's what it was called. Sleepless in Seattle. Remember that? I loved I had the soundtrack. I loved that music. Are you serious? Yeah, it was all old, like Frank Sinatra oh. and like all that old but the kind movie. Of music. Did you see the movie? Yeah, I saw the movie. I liked it. You did? Yeah. I, what are you, a big rom-com? I'm not, but I, oh, I did like that one. It's a sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad, I guess. I don't know. Isn't that where Mick Ryan has the orgasm in the store? No, it? that's when Harry met Sally. Oh. And not in the store, at the uh, restaurant. Yep. When Harry met Sally. Okay, The Three Musketeers, Tombstone, True Romance, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, that's a that's good a one. That's a good one. 1993. Most popular TV shows were 60 Minutes again. <laughs> Home Improvement. 60 Seinfeld, Minutes has staying power. Roseanne, it sure does. <laughs> Morley Saver is such a badass. Grace Under Fire, Coach, Frazier. Uh, biggest pop artist of 93, Ace of Bass. Oh, yeah. That's it. Just Ace of Base. Just Ace of Base. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, but we'll yeah, we don't have we'll to. get to those. Uh, Naughty by Nature, People Bryson, Ice Cube, Jan Jackson, Jodeci, Madonna. Corrections and apologies. Corrections and apologies, y'all. Corrections and apologies, y'all. Paul Lynch was the name, not Paul Lank. Oh, okay. Of the the uh, guy from was a cut and paste the British or? guy who uh, yeah 
who did all the push-ups with his finger. Oh, God, And you yes. said you claimed it never happened. Um, anyway, I looked the guy up. He was super, like, he did them naked for some reason. So naked. he's all muscle. So they were kind yeah. of cock push-ups. And he didn't have any hair. He kind of, well, he had a G-string or something, but he didn't have any hair. He had no body hair at all, but he was super muscly. But he also broke all the bones in his finger. I guess so. Yeah, so I don't know why. I still don't understand how you can do push-ups with a finger. He did 124 of them. No but, way. Uh, 125, damn. Push-up. I don't. I still don't believe it. But don't you think some guy that maybe weighs like, Forty pounds? No, totally beat no, him, him. No. Well, he did it, and he's stupid because he broke his finger. But you know what? They showed the picture of him doing it. It was in a he, knuckle. He's kind of like bending his finger a little bit. So it's so on his it's knuckle, not like at the tip of his finger. I don't. Think. Oh well, that makes a little more sense. It's I know. Still pretty but he still broke all his bones. So idiot. He's an idiot. Corrections and apologies. Corrections and apologies. Yeah. Joey Buttafuoco stuff. I have to. I have a bunch of stuff on this that uh, yeah. is important. Um, that's not oh sorry that's not even a not even a 90s so there's a whole bunch of things so we were we we specifically said we go back and check this out yes because we're like he was in jail and stuff definitely in jail yeah and and you wondered if lisa uh, lisa fisher amy uh, fisher Fisher was still in jail and um neither one of them are in jail oh wow are they married Um, they got married they did not get married No. no they didn't but here's what happened uh we'll start with fisher uh, Amy Fisher was sentenced to five to 15 years in prison. Oh. She served seven. Okay. Was granted parole in May 1999 after Supreme Court Judge Ira Wexner vacated her guilty plea and shortened her sentence. Um, Joey Buttafuoco denied having an affair with Fisher. In October 92, the Nassau County District Attorney stated that Buttafuoco would not be prosecuted. However, in February of 93, the case against him was reopened due to rape charges made by Fisher. She testified against him in court, and based on this testimony and hotel receipts dated before Fisher's 17th birthday with Buttafuoco's signature on them, he was charged with statutory rape, and he pled guilty in 93. He served six months in prison. Okay. Okay? So So he 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 was only in there for six months. She was in there for seven years. Um, Do you want to take a wild stab at what Amy Fisher might have done after jail? Uh, Probably was on a reality show. Um, Nope. She became a columnist for the Long Island Press. Oh, she dictated good, a book about her. her experiences. If I knew, wait for it, in 2003 she married Louis Bellera, and they had three children before divorcing in 2015. However, that's not all she did. Uh oh, stripper? Uh, uh, no. Oh, a little bit worse. Sex worker? Uh, not a worker. Well, maybe I guess it's a worker. In October 2007, the New York Post published allegations that Fisher's husband Lou had sold a sex tape of the couple to Red Light District Video of Los Angeles. That same year, nude pictures of her from the video were posted on various internet sites, so she decided to make more of those videos. And you she looked became, up some of the she videos. She became a porn star. No, I didn't watch any of them, but she did porn for you, a few you years. Looked, you probably looked at a couple stills. I didn't look at any. I oh, actually didn't look I'm at any of her you. naked. But on the Wikipedia, yeah. there's pictures of her, like, you yeah, know, like glamour the shots clips and, and, the, yeah, yeah. and like a bathing suit and stuff. and. All fake stuff, yeah. it seems like. So, yeah, you could. she looks like a porn star. So she did porn for a few years, but she quit. Um, she got chlamydia and yeah, quit. Yeah, in 2008, she announced she... Well, she was suing the red light company or whatever that was originally publishing the pictures, and then she decided to settle her differences and then do porn with them for a while. Jeez. Um, and then she, after a while, she did some a pay-per-view adult film titled Amy Fisher, Totally Nude and Exposed. She uh, milked in that 15 yeah. minutes of fame. Yep. Yeah. Corrections and apologies, y'all. A real world, we talk about MTV and the real world. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that they're probably on real world 78 right now. Yes. But they are on real world 32. Jesus. And then I yelled that there's no MTV that plays music yeah. videos. Probably MTV, some MTV Classic does play okay. some rock videos. Corrections and apologies. Corrections and apologies, y'all. Um, I also said that 
I don't know why I said this, but if you listen back to episode three, I did say that anyone who's ever lived in Missouri is a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> um, I got carried away, and I, I didn't mean that. Um, I know a lot of people who have lived in Missouri. You do. You're married to one. I really didn't mean that. Not a, Sometimes you say things for effect, and it just right. kind of it. makes it better. It's fine. All right, that's it. I think that's all I got for the corrections, too. I'll give you a deep dive. I'm going to talk about the murder of Mia Zapata, who was um, a lead singer for the Seattle punk band The Gits. Mia Zapata. Yes. Okay. I'll give you a deep dive. So, Mia Zapata was born August 25th, 1965, in Louisville, Kentucky. And from being a child, she was... Uh, real into music she could play the guitar and the piano by the time she was nine um, she was influenced by punk rock and jazz and blues mm. and um, she had a real like um, amazing voice and then in 1984 she enrolled in Antioch College this in, is a punk singer yeah but, she had a real good voice but huh? she did yeah um, in 1984 she enrolled in Antioch College in Yellow Springs Ohio Oh, I've never heard of that, and I'm liberal from Liberal arts student. She's from Louisville, Kentucky, originally. Yes, she and was then born she there. she went to college in Ohio. That's right. In September 1986, <laughs> yeah. she and three friends formed a punk rock band, The Gits. 1986 was the year that Ron Simmons made his debut in wrestling. So that's when The Gits were... Per- that was the same time. And in 1989, <laughs> the band relocated to Seattle, because that was the big rock scene. Relocated from where? They formed in Ohio? Yes, yes. Yeah, and they relocated to Seattle in 1989. That's right. And so she got a job at a local bar, and the, they all moved into an abandoned house, and they called it the Rat House. Who else was in the band, to say? Um, th- women? All women? No, it, she's the only woman. Oh, okay. She's the only lady in the band. Yes. She and her bandmates moved to Seattle. She got a job at a yeah. bar. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, they released a series of real well-received singles on independent record labels from 1990 to 1991. Um, the Gits? The Gits. Have it, you heard of this, them? Before this? I had not heard, no. I, okay. I, I had not heard of I just want to make this. sure. Am I the only idiot? No. But I feel like the well, name they sounds were, familiar. Yeah, I do too. But I don't um, think I can name any I mean, I, li- I listened to it after. You did? Yeah. What do you think? It was good. Really? Yeah. Um, like you would download it right now and pay for it? I think it'd be interesting to see what Audrey would think about it. Oh. You know? Let's see what Audrey thinks about the gits. Audrey Rose? Hello? I just made you watch a couple videos of the gits. What is your initial reaction to the gits? Punk rock, yeah. So you, you know that it was punk rock? Uh, yeah. What, how do you know it was punk rock? Because, like, the beat and, like, the drums. Is good. And it was real loud? Yeah, it's like... Have you ever heard punk rock before? Yes. When? In this show called Best Friends Whenever. The show called what? Best Friends Whenever. What is that on Netflix? Yes, uh, I already finished the season. Um, it's about these two best friends, and they time travel, and it's really fun because they went back to like the fifties or like the seventies. I don't remember, but like, um, and and they traveled there and like. Like, Sid was a tomboy, and Shelby was, like, the girly girl. So, Sid went with the punk rock people, and Shelby went, to the, went with the disco people. So, then I got to hear the punk rock people. And this was in the 50s? Or, like, 70s. Like, I don't really remember. Okay. So, punk rock. What did the punk rock people look like in this show? Um, they had, like, weird hair. This guy had orange hair, and they had, like, spikes coming up uh, with his hair, like, out of everywhere. Okay. And they had like mohawks and like crazy hair. 
Okay, that's pretty punk rock. So how? what was better, the band in that TV show or the Gits? Fan of the TV show. What did you think about the lead singer of the Gits? Did you think she was pretty? I thought it was a boy. No, it was a girl lead singing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she was pretty. Even though you thought it was a boy? Yes. <laughs> All right, that was Audrey's reaction to... The listening gets. to the gits okay so um as they were making a name for themselves in the local music scene they often played shows with their friend's band which was called seven year bitch oh um, i've heard of that seven year you? bitch you've heard of that i feel like it. this all sounds familiar so in uh 92 they released their debut album called frenching the bully huh. and um then their frenching repu- the bully their reputation was uh, increasing when the grunge scene really was starting to hit seattle okay she came from an affluent family but, but she often lived without material comforts. As her father described it, she, Mia lived in two different worlds. She lived on two different sides of the street. The straight side on one with parochial schools and affluent family and tennis clubs. When parochial. she crossed the streets, material things didn't mean anything to her. Hmm. And her music often led to a rejection of financial comfort. Um, she was... Um, kind of like Vanilla Ice. Stop. What? She... Um, she was this great person. She was really a good friend. Oh, really? She was a little shy, but she um, helped her, you know, she would help people um, kick drugs. Um, she really? did, yeah, she was, and she was a real dynamic performer. Like um, the other band members would like, say that, that they would get off the stage and the people in the audience didn't even know they, were, they had been in the band because they were, that, she was so magnetic. You know, this is going to sound weird, but that's exactly what I feel about Matt Truman. The oh Matt yeah, Matt Truman ego trip. Like he, yeah. it's not just he's got a whole band. Yeah, but he is like a rock star yeah. in a band. Like he's got feather boas and like white glass. Like, like Elton John. Up there. He's like Elton John. He's just like it's a party fun atmosphere. So I bet she was like that. So she was really well connected to her community. Um, she was the hub of a lot of social circles. Uh, she drew all sorts of people together who otherwise might never have met. Huh. Um, the band, which included guitarist Joe Spleen, drummer Steve Moriarty, and bassist Matt Dresdner, met in Ohio in 1986. Did you say Joe Spleen? Yeah. Spleen. The guy's I, name was I Joe think, Spleen? I think that was a stage name. God, that's I want to say that name. was a stage Joe name. Joe Spleen! Um, I looked that guy up. So, with no time, within no time, the band had developed quite a following amidst the city's underground punk scene. Many would group them together with bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam, but Mia brought a voice of femininity to, grun- to the grunge scene that had not been seen yet. Although the group was 75% men, the band as a whole, and Mia Zapata in particular, gained quite a following among the feminist community in Seattle at the time. Okay. Um, like feminists. In 1990, so after moving to Seattle, they went on to a very successful international tour. Um, I want to say that Beck even opened for them. I think I read that. You want to say it? Yeah, I think I read Let's that see. back open for them. Um, they, oh, let's look it up. So, all and they didn't have a record label, so they were doing all of this without a record label. Throughout the recording of the second album, the band had planned a large U.S. and European tour as well as many local shows. Unknown homeless hippie kid named Beck opened the show. See, I was uh, right. Followed by a mariachi band and a quinceanera. Yep. So they were being courted by various recording labels. Um, But unfortunately, before the group could finish and record their second album, which was called Enter the Conquering Chicken, um, the band was shocked by the murder of their iconic lead singer. Mia Um, Zapata? Yeah. She was murdered? She was murdered. They bring her up and I get all excited. I've never heard of her and now she's dead. So here's what here's the deal. God, Joe Spleen did it. Here's the deal. No, you, it's done. Joe Spleen did it. So at around two o'clock a.m. on July seventh, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. 
Do you want to oh, fill us in July. on what was happening? Well, July it's funny 7th, you should say that because it's funny you should say that because it was two in the morning. So that was really uh, July sixth, nineteen ninety three. Uh, that evening it was like late in the evening. It was two a.m. So well, it was earlier, July seventh, but well, it was that's when this happened. But yeah. earlier in that the evening before, yeah. before it became the morning. Yes. it was July sixth, which was a Tuesday, and uh, just a few days before that. Some groundbreaking things happened on, on that 4th of July, and we're only two days after. An unbelievable thing in the WWF was uh, they had an event. Jesus <laughs> they had a wrestling event on the USS Intrepid. was a big uh, oh aircraft God. carrier. Yes. They did a wrestling event on the aircraft carrier, and the whole event was a, co- a contest to see if anybody could slam Yokozuna. <laughs> Yokozuna was a big fat uh, sumo wrestler guy. Oh my god! And nobody could pick him up and slam him. They had all kinds of athletes trying to. They had uh, uh, Lee Rusan, a former New York Giants running back, Bob Backlund, uh, Peter Taglianetti from the Pittsburgh Penguins, a hockey player, Scott Burrell, the Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte, yeah. shout out to Charlotte, Woo! Scott Steiner, Tatanka, Bill Fralick of the Detroit Lions, Crush, and Macho Man Randy so Savage all, people... all tried to body slam. They, this, this guy, the sumo wrestler, just stood in the ring, and they all just like threw their bodies uh, at him. Now he was a pro wrestler, but his gimmick. Was right, he was, he was a, a sumo wrestler. Japanese guy, yeah, uh, and so he was a sumo guy. But they all couldn't lift him. They all just couldn't lift him. But then, Jeez. but then on this aircraft carrier, here comes a helicopter flying in on Fourth of July, and the helicopter. And you probably watched this. I watched it, of course. The yeah. helicopter came flying in, and Lex Luger, who they were trying to make their American hero after yes. Hulk Hogan, yeah, they were trying to make him the big hero. He gets off this helicopter and he's wearing super tight jeans with no belt and a, an American flag shirt, oh, and. Uh, he rips off the shirt, and of course, he body slams Yokozuma. Did he get oh, flack for ripping the, middle, the American flag shirt? No, he, he didn't rip it. He just took it off. But oh. I think in the middle of all that, Yokozuna took a break while people were trying to slam him, and he ate a bowl of rice. Lex Luger body slammed him. But And then on television that night, uh, before this tragic event happened, before poor Mia Zapata might have been home watching, um, she might have been watching Rescue 911 on CBS. Um, or a, a movie, A Triumph of the Heart, the Ricky Bell story, or if she switched to ABC, she might she might watch re, reruns of Full House, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Roseanne, Room for Two, and Jack's Place. Do you remember Room for Two? No. A sitcom with Linda Lavin and um, nope. and uh, Marsha Heaton. I do not remember that. Uh, Linda Lavin's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, I know Linda Lavin. Anyway, so those were the things on TV. The number one song was Weak. Weak? Do you know who sings Weak? Oh, is it Belinda Carlisle? No. SWV, the greatest. Oh, okay. I get so weak in the knees, okay. I can hardly speak. Okay. I lose all control Alrighty. and something take over me. Janet Jackson, that's the way love goes. Yes. That's the way, that's the way love goes. Tag team, whoop, there it is. Oh, yeah. Whoop, there it is. UB40, I can't help falling in love oh, right. That's right. with Drew. Uh, H-Town knocking to boots. Jeez. <laughs> Robin S. Show Me Love. <sighs> I can know. guarantee you Mia Zapata wasn't listening to any of the... You weren't listening to the popular stuff? Mia you... Zapata wasn't. Oh, Mia Zapata wasn't. I, I was guarantee like, you I, she I'm wasn't. Sure you were at Purple Crackle. Yeah, I was. Dr. Dre, Dre Day. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, All right, dun, move dun. on. Expose, I'll never get over you getting over me. I'll give you a deep dive. At around 2 o'clock a.m. on July 7th, 1993... She left the Comet Tavern in the Capitol Hill area of Seattle, which was a place she liked to go. Um, And she stayed at a studio space in the basement of an apartment building that was located a block away from there. And she stopped and visited a friend who lived on the second floor briefly. Okay. Um, And that was the last time she was seen alive. 
She uh, may have walked a few blocks west or north to a friend's, another friend's apartment or may have decided to take the long walk south to her home. Why does this sound familiar? There was a forensic files about uh, about this, but we didn't watch it. I think we did. The, a man, at about 3 o'clock a.m., a man about two blocks from the Comet Tavern heard a scream around 3 o'clock a.m., and then a woman discovered her body in the street at around 3.30 a.m. near the intersection of 24th Avenue South and South Washington Street in the Central District. Um, the woman um, ran to the fire department, which was really close by, to report it, and then they come. And this her is at 3, by 3 in the morning? Yeah, and her body is still warm. And then the police oh. arrive. They note that her body is laid out. It, her arms are outstretched, and, and her legs are straight down, crossed over each other, kind of like a crucifix position. Huh. Um, she's wearing a hoodie, which was pulled over her face, and then the string, one of the strings um, was, tight, was tighter under her neck that, and strangled her. It didn't appear that she was attacked and killed at, at, the, at that scene. There was no blood at the scene or anything. She had no ID on her, so at first they didn't know who she was but the medical examiner was a fan of the gits and had been to their concerts and he, he recognized was like her. oh my god this is, my, yeah. this is the best exam shocked. i've ever done so according to him uh, if she had not been strangled she would have died from the internal injuries suffered from the beating oh. um according to court documents an autopsy found evidence of a struggle in which zapata suffered blunt impact to her abdomen and a lacerated liver Poor they looked thing. they looked at her boyfriend who was, I guess he was kind of a scary guy. Not a lot of people liked him, but uh -huh. he was real super cooperative. He went in whenever they, he did took, took two lie detector tests. He went in. The boyfriends are and, always creepy guys. And uh, he helped the police. He had a really solid alibi. They investigate her friends and family. She was also raped. That was the other part of it. Oh. But um, they. They always are. Yeah. That's why I had to stop watching that show. Every yeah. single woman is raped all the time. But they didn't want to, <laughs> the police didn't want to release all the information um, they didn't didn't release that she was raped. They, yeah, and they she want also had suspects to know that stuff, and then they know they did. Oh, you have right, information. The right. public doesn't know. And also, she had bite marks on her chest, and they couldn't do impressions like you know how they can do impressions and get dental, yeah. but they couldn't do that. But there was trace amounts of DNA from saliva, yeah. and they were they had the fore enough forethought to collect that, mm -hmm. uh, even though at the time there wasn't any technology saliva couldn't it, uh, there be was but it wasn't um so good, has it since good enough because it was have they, well just wait oh just gosh wait. i can't wait so um there were scuff marks on her shoes and belt indicating she may have been dragged and you know that kind of helps to to figure out how many assailants there were because at first the way she was laid out and peop, it makes you think was there two people one carrying her arms and one carrying her feet right but the scuff marks would indicate if she's dragged then it's going to be one person probably and there's no eyewitnesses which furthers the theory that the attack didn't happen there because it was it was not super busy but it was kind of a busy bar a area well, the area around the bar yeah but it's still 2 30 in the morning right yeah yeah so um god if she just stayed home and watched full house i know i know so she, so there's not they don't have a lot to go on they don't there's no witnesses and there's just a little bit of evidence. The Seattle music community, including Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden. Those are three awesome bands, if you haven't yes. heard them. Uh, they, the help, they helped raise $70,000 really? to hire a private investigator for three years. Back in 93? Yes. They, they did, did benefit that? concerts. They did a benefit concert? Yes. Or they did several? a bunch of them. Yeah. 70 grand? Yes. And, and they, they hired a private investigator for three years. God, imagine if you could say you were at those concerts. I right? know. People can. I know. Went to those. But the, um, and now, tragic. Chris Cornell's dead, and uh, yep. Nirvana guy's dead. Nirvana guy. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You know, it's not 
just me being an idiot. I forget common things. Like the uh, other yeah. day, I was trying to work on the computer. I forgot what the word control panel was. Yeah. Sorry. All yeah. right. So the but then the funds dried up without any major breaks in the case. All that money. Mm-hmm. But the investigator was named Lee Heron, and she continued to investigate on her own time even after that. But then in 1998, after five years of investigation, Seattle police said, we're no closer to solving the case than we were right after the murder. Do you think Lee Heron was a big Gets fan? That's why she kept studying it? I don't know. It could be. But then in 2003, they... I like to say ought three. They, they started to, like the, the technology started to improve. And they put the DNA... The, the, one of the other problems with the DNA was there was such a small amount yeah. that in 1993, they knew that if they tried to test it and they goofed it up and made a mistake it would be gone yeah so they didn't want to risk Let's it wait until which the was future. a good call that was yeah. a good call by police not to try it and then and then they would never know so they saved it we'll and, wait to far into the future when the guy's already dead and then in 2003 they um they put it through codis which is the codis um, yes that's the database oh, dna database oh, of all those creeps they get all the yes. dna and, and they, they actually they back. did they put it in 2001 i think it was but it didn't Take, there was no hits one. but then in 03 there Ought was three. a hit it was a florida fisherman named jesus mezquia and he had come from cuba in 1980 the dna evidence was used to to tie him to the murder a dna profile was extracted from the saliva found on her body and kept in cold storage and the technology was called str technology huh. the investigators had to go to florida locate this guy, Jesus Mesquia, and, and questioned him. And they get there, and he's gone. Oh. But his wife... He lived in Florida? Yeah. He was all the way in Florida, like yeah. across the whole country. I mean, this is 2003. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, three. But he's, <laughs> but his wife, he gets there, and he's gone, but his wife gives him all the information they need. Like, she's like, oh, you know, because he... Cause she's probably... Because the reason they had his DNA, because he was arrested in Florida for burglary and domestic abuse in 2002. <laughs> he was so, she, yeah, so she was probably oh, like, yeah, go get him. Get that son of a so, bitch. They spot his vehicle a few days later in Miami, and they interview him. Does it say what kind of vehicle? No. But they interview him, and he denies ever being in Seattle at all or murdering anyone. And then they show him a photo lineup of 10 murdered girls, and he says, no, he he doesn't know any of them. He hasn't seen any of them, which is a trap. Right. Because the saliva's on her. So if he would have said he knew her, at least he could have said... Oh, we had a we we got together, or right? We, you know, he could have said, "Oh yeah, we made out." And then right, like, oh, right. Yeah, whatever. But he's but but he says, "I don't know her." No, at all. he doesn't know her, and all that. And he has a history of violence towards women, including domestic abuse, burglary, assault, and battery. All his ex girlfriends and his wife had filed reports against him. All of them. Mm-hmm. There was also a report of indecent exposure on file against him in Seattle. <sighs> Great. People within two weeks of Zapata's murder, so he we got to see his balls. Yes, close to and him. it was close by. It was, it was nearby the area she was murdered. Uh, but there was no other prior link between Ms. Kia and Zapata. He, he had lived about three blocks from where she was dumped, though. He lived right by there, and he cut his balls out sometimes. Okay. Um, he right? Because nev- he was in decent exposure? <laughs> yes, right. Or was he just peeing? I don't know. He, um, so he never testified in his own defense. He still maintains his innocence. Um, the theory that they have is that he saw her leave the bar and he followed her a short distance before he attacked. She had, um, she was listening to music and she had headphones uh, on. Walkman. And it covered, yeah, and it covered her ears, so she wouldn't have been, she would have been unaware of any danger. Yeah, Walkmans were until he then. grabbed her and dragged her to his car, where he assaulted her in the back seat. He was convicted in 2004 and initially sentenced to 37 years, which, for. which he appe- appealed, and yeah. then he was then sentenced to 36 years, yeah. which I don't think is a very long prison term for murder. Personally, 36 years. 
Well, I mean, is it? Do you think it, people that, usually get life for murder? But no, he he's been in prison since January two thousand three. Um, Anybody who rapes should get should have their dick cut off. In the aftermath of her murder, friends created a self defense group called Home Alive. Um, which disbanded in 2010, and they organized benefit concerts and released albums with the participation of Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Heart. Allison Chains. Presidents of the United States of America, I remember them. A lump, lump, yep. lump, Joan, she's in and my And Joan head. Jett also recorded Millions an album. with the peaches sh- for free. Sh- Millions That's enough. Joan Jett also recorded an album with the surviving members of the Gits called Evil Stig, which is Gits Live Backwards. Huh. Joan um, Jett rules. In 2005, there was a documentary, The Gits Movie, which was produced about Mia Zapata's life, the Gits, and the Seattle music scene. Also, Zapata means shoe in Spanish. <laughs> Viva Zapata by punk band Seven Year Bitch was released in June 1994 as a tribute to her. And then some of the songs on that album address the issue of her murder directly. Following her death, Joan Jett and Kathleen Hanna wrote a song called Go Home. Kathleen Hanna is married to Ad Rock of the Beastie Boys. Oh, wow. She's from Bikini Kill. Boom. Good. You didn't know oh, that's that. Good. Boom, dropping knowledge. So, like Galileo um, dropped the orange. Uh, her death caused a sense of defeat and fear within the Seattle community. The Seattle Times marked Zapata's murder as the moment the Seattle scene lost its sense of invincibility. Kristen Storm recalls Zapata's death as a reality check, stating, They were all very tough people, and as a group of women, they're all really strong, outspoken, and hard-hitting, very opinionated women, and that perception of we're not victims at all in any way, and this can't happen to women that aren't victims... And I think Zapata's death shattered that myth for us and showed that it happens to all types of women. Her and her death is cast often as a symbol for feminist activism. But Dresner, the one of her the band one of the bandmates, said that she was it was like she was sainted, and that was very peculiar. She became this icon that had very little to do with her actual life. What did Joe Spleen have to say about it? Oh, his his real name is Andrew Kessler. The Joe, Joe Spleen. Spleen. Yes. His name isn't even Joe. No, it's Andrew Kessler. Screw Andrew Kessler. You can't just use the name Joe Spleen all willy nilly. He said Mia had no social or political agenda and no real interest in that stuff. Yeah. Also, after her death, she quickly acquired a symbolic status as a feminist icon, martyr, and poster child for rape and violence toward women, which had nothing to do with who she was as an actual person. And sometimes that's the way it happens. But people need an icon, you know. Uh, yes, that is the story of the murder good. of Mia Zapata. Yeah, um, that's good. That's, that's crazy how that happens. Some something tragic like that happens. Well, and it's or somebody, and then they turn it because into, also because stranger attacks are actually kind of rare. Yeah, it's usually, usually somebody, somebody know, you yeah. know. So and, and just in general, it just it just reiterates the point of especially back then you you just couldn't be a woman and go anywhere by yourself at night, especially that late. Well, night. if I can remember all the times that I walked alone home from a bar, I mean that's so scary. You're so lucky. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, and she was a tough cookie, so. I just remember being in college and girls wanting to go home by themselves and like you cannot, yeah, because there's a million people just waiting to rape everyone outside. Yeah, it just, is. I mean, what kind of world we live in? I know it is. It's sad. That's a great way to end uh, this podcast. We'll all just be sad until and cry next episode. and everything. But the next episode is '94 when I graduate high school, so I'm getting a little bit older. So you're going to be getting some trim. I'll be getting trim and trim more trim. I got plenty right. of trim in the '90s, baby. Uh, I know. All no, right. Um, anyway, I like you. That was a good story. That was good. Is that, that all right? Exciting. Yeah. I didn't put anything about a rock star. It's kind of cool. Well, maybe we can play some of her music or something. Yeah, during well, the thing. I don't think we can. Oh, we can't. Like copyrights. copyrights. Maybe I'll do some karaoke versions, yeah. which is probably not okay either. I don't know. Anyway, is there anything else we forgot about 93? I think that is it. Stupid. I think it's time to get uh, out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Uh, stupid Jeff Barton graduated in 93, and he's got a skinny head. Actually, the class of 93 of my high school. They all had skinny heads. No, a lot of those people are dead. That's um, something we should talk about. Well, we don't need to talk like about more it. More than normal. 
anyway, this has been American Timelines episode four, nineteen Get the fuck out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Peace.